Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist, as we will discuss, is it time to get into uranium? Mr. Fulp, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks a lot, Maurice. Always my pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have you on our show. Mickey, we have some interesting developments going on in uranium. You were one of the most trusted names on the subject. I know a number of our speculators on this show here want to hear more about uranium. Beginning domestically, what do you see happening in the U.S. under the Trump administration that may impact uranium? Well, there's a couple of things that Trump admin has done that is positive or positive for uranium. First off would be uh, the recent National Security Council resolution that uh, requires utilities to would require utilities I should say to buy their electricity from US nuclear power plants and coal plants so this is an effort once again to put people back to work in the extractive industries namely uh, uh, uranium nuclear power plants uh, coal mining and coal-fired power plants um, in addition, uh, not all of it has to do with Trump, but it's a movement that includes the Congress and uranium companies, etc. Um, the DOE, under Secretary Rick Perry, who was the governor of Texas, a significant uranium-producing state in the past, uh, they are restricting the DOE sales and barters of U.S. stockpiles of U-308. Uh, this year, they've cut those back during the Obama administration. Five to seven million pounds a year were dumped on the market to support the cleanup of the Portsmouth enrichment facilities in Ohio. And that was basically, that's a union uh, operation. So it was basically to keep 800 union jobs going. And so now there is a House bill that is in commit or passed out of committee. It still has to be uh, passed out of the Senate and the House in the budget 2019 budget. But they are budgeting funding uh, for this out of the budget this year versus uh, the DOE dumping untimely dumping of uranium on the on the spot market. Um, in addition, the DOE has recently killed the mixed oxide fuel project in South Carolina. Mixed oxide fuel is is the waste left over from uh, nuclear power plants and it's processed and can be reburned. So that's certainly going to help uranium. Uh, domestic miners. Um, I'm not sure if it really helps the U.S. position uh, with regards to our uh, significant imports of foreign uranium. Uh, and finally, uh, in January, two of the largest uranium producers in the U.S., UR Energy and Energy Fuels, filed a Section 232 petition with the Department of Commerce, and that has to do with national security and the fact that last year we 
uh, imported 98% of our uranium needs. And this uh, proposal would require U.S. federal utilities and agencies to buy all their uranium from domestic uh, uranium miners and also limit imports of foreign uranium to 75% of our needs uh, with the remaining come from uh, domestically from uranium miners. Um, so there's a whole number of things in the U.S. that uh, that look positive for the uranium industry, and all those have happened in 2018. You know, all of these sound like they're going to be great catalysts for uranium, but to add on to that, we have more information here coming from the international standpoint uh, out of Kazakhstan. For someone not familiar with Kazakhstan, how important are they in this discussion? Well, they're quite important. They've become the world's largest uranium producer over the last 15 years, by far the world's largest. They now produce on the order of 40% of the world's uranium. Uh, and they have really supplied the increasing demand uh, over the last 15 years. Uh, we're using more and more uranium every year because we have more and more reactors. So uh, most countries, most mines have uh, either maintained their status quo or uh, have dropped in uranium production. And that's been made up by the Kazakhstan uh, mines, the ISR mines in Kazakhstan. So um, they cut their production 5.5% uh, in 2017. Uh, and they are going to cut it another 7.5% this year. So uh, from, uh, I think the high was uh, something on the order of uh, 65 million pounds, and that will be down to about 56 million pounds for 2018. And a lot, and that basically has to do with the low price of uranium at uh, uranium price, which Today is $23.50. Uh, no one can make money at those prices. Which leads to my next question here, not holding you to a price, but you know the aforementioned indicates that uh, you would see uranium prices eventually move up. Uh, is this the right time to get some issuers? Well, uh, I've been saying it's the right time for quite some time. So uh, I think a strategy, if you're a contrarian, we all know that uranium is going to come back at some point, and it's going to come roaring back. Uh, uh, we see now that uh, hedge fund speculators from Wall Street to the Silicon Valley are starting to position themselves. Uh, uh, the Kazakhstan's uh, uh, have just sponsored a new uh, physical uranium vehicle called Yellow Cake, and they're going to uh, devote 25% of their annual production uh, to this uh, basically storehouse of physical uranium. So that's 15 million pounds, 14, 15 million pounds a year. So it looks to me like the time is coming, uh, and it could be imminent, you know, when when this happened before, uh, when the speculators came into the market, especially the hedge funds, that was 2005 to 2007. That's when uranium went uh, from 10 bucks a pound in 2004 to its peak of $135 a pound in the summer of 2007. 
You know, it's like Rick Rule once shared with me, everyone is a contrarian when the price moves up. I agree with you. This <laughs> this is the time to be there. <laughs> well, it really is. And there's there's one thing, you know, Rick and I, uh, uh, we, have, we do share a lot in common. Number one, we share a birthday. Uh, but number two, we share an investing philosophy uh, that we stick to, and that's contrarianism. And uh, uh, we talk about this on occasion. And if you're a contrarian, uh, you've got to have patience. So you get in early and you stick by your guns. Hopefully you pick good good companies from the beginning that have staying power. You know, when this whole uh, black swan event, Fukushima, came down in 2011, I don't think any of us expected that seven years later we would be looking at a spot price of uranium that is less than one-third of what it was uh, before Fukushima. So it's 23.50 a pound right now, and uh, a couple of weeks before Fukushima happened, or maybe a month, it hit a high of $72 on the spot price. So uh, uh, it's been a long time coming, but it looks to me like uh, it may be sooner than I would have said it was at the beginning of the year. Now, you referenced quality names. Can you give us some issuers that have your attention? Well, I'll tell you who I own in uranium space. I own Energy Fuels. I've been a long-term shareholder of Energy Fuels. From uh, I owned the predecessor company uh, that was taken out, Strathmore Minerals. Uh, and so I've owned that company, uh, geez, I think since uh, 2007. Um, and I own uh, um, URZ Energy which is a relatively new uranium company, an explorer. Um, and I was a founding shareholder of that company in its private days in 2010. And we uh, did a transaction on that company last year, about a year ago, and, uh, and or it was completed uh, actually about a year and a half ago. And... Uh, and acquired some of the old uh, Strathmore slash energy fuels assets in Wyoming. And then uh, I own Uranium Energy Corp. And it is a past producer, uh, uranium developer in the western U.S., specifically in South Texas and the Powder River Basin of Wyoming. And I've owned that company uh, uh, probably since about 2010, something like that. Interesting. You didn't mention any names in the Athabasca. I would have thought it would have hurt some, but thank you for sharing those names, Mickey. Oh, well, I, I have a little bit different philosophy in, in uranium than I do in uh, my other speculations. In uranium, I'm very focused on production or near-term production. Uh, I'm very focused on domestic U.S. uranium producers because we have ISR. And I tend to shy away from uh, uh, speculative plays, uh, exploration plays in the uranium patch. Now, I have in the past uh, uh, owned and made significant money on Athabasca Explorers, but let's face the facts here. Anybody that's got a uranium discovery 
uh, in the Athabasca Basin. I'm talking major discoveries. Um, they're 15 to 20 years away from uh, from seeing yellow cake come out of a mill. Uh, so uh, I'm looking at shorter term opportunities. Certainly, if I see things in the Athabasca or even in the U.S., speculative plays uh, uh, that. I can get in early, that would be a strategy. But at this point, I think you want to buy uh, U.S. producers because they uh, they only need about 35, 40, let's say $40 uranium uh, ISR producers, whereas new developments in the Athabasca Basin, you're looking very long time frames and, and probably upwards $65 to $80 a pound uranium to make them work. Point well taken. Sir, before we close today, last question. What did I forget to ask? You forgot to ask me when we will see each other next. <laughs> and I think you can answer that as easy as I can. <laughs> that should be the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium the 17th through the 20th of July in Vancouver, British Columbia. That is quite correct, sir. And I will be speaking on exploration and I am on a couple of panels which have nothing to do with uranium but we should also say that I think we will both be attending Jayant Bhandari's Capitalism and Morality, Morality Symposium the day after the Sprout Conference. Absolutely, I was just about to reference that so you took my thunder away there. Mickey, for someone listening that wants to get more information on your work, please share the contact details. Uh, you can reach me at contact at mercenarygeologist.com. If you send me an email, you will get a response unless you are a troll. Uh, my website is mercenarygeologist.com. There's a lot of free content on that. And my Twitter feed is at mercenarygeo with nearly 62,000 followers. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenimprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com. Mickey Folt, the mercenary geologist, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. All the best to you, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.